Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to 30th Knowledge. I'm George. And I'm Danny. And and this week is your... Well, we're starting with uh, a little topic that you picked out for this week, so yes, you'll be educating me. It is my topic this week. So we're two 30-somethings who are going to be teaching each other about a random topic. And as Danny mentioned, I'm first this week. And our first topic is very interesting. I'm going with vacuum cleaners. And <laughs> when I first suggested this to you, Danny... Um, a couple of weeks ago, how did you feel about vacuum cleaners back then? Um, I, if, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I hadn't thought about them that much. I was, uh, I was just a man who was like, man, I don't have enough vacuum cleaners in my life. I think with vacuum cleaners, I've always thought about, and I'm deliberately not calling them Hoovers. I'll talk about <laughs> later. But when I think about vacuum cleaners, it's like a measure of my adulthood. And okay. so I will know when I've made it, when I've got myself like a really, really sexy Dyson. So, yeah, I was going to say it has to be a Dyson. So because I live with my parents, because I'm a man child, um, they have a proper Dyson. And when I say a proper Dyson, I mean a cordless, cordless Dyson. And it's got its own little dock in the wall. Ooh, a dock in the wall? <laughs> it's got a dock in the wall. And then they drilled in holes and put a dock and you put the hoover there when you're finished with it, so it can go back to recharge. Now, funnily enough, what we're going to be covering today isn't too dissimilar from what you just described. So Dyson might not be that as ingenuitive as you think. Okay, that's a word. Okay. So I think I'm just going to kick it off then. Go for it. Right. Buckle in, Danny. This is going to be a whirlwind, an absolute whirlwind. It's a tale of dust, betrayal, sucking and death and penis injuries. There's at least one shouting match and at least one really serious heckling involved. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's, there's, there's quite a few angry white men shouting at each other in this story. It, you know what? You mean, in the history of the vacuum. It, it sounds like a really British argument because, like, if this was any other kind of time or, or place... And you, and, you know, talk about the drama. I'd, I'd be picturing, like, people, like, beating each other up, not a heckle match and arguments. Oh, you sad, poor, naive little boy. <laughs> it's not just in England, though. No. Oh. This goes across the pond. Oh, wow. This is all over. Truly global. Mainly England in the Mainly US. England. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mainly dudes talking English. So so before we, like, kick it off, really, it's like, you know, vacuums have come in all different shapes and sizes. Um some of, the ones, some of the ones I found out about, there were huge trucks that were, like, the size of elephants. That were vacuums. That were vacuum cleaners, and they would park outside your house. Uh-huh. Absolutely massive, like £4,000 we're talking. Absolutely huge. Of weight. Or- In weight, yeah. Right, okay. Absolutely huge things. They had to be drawn, like, by horse and carriage. Then you've got things like the Baby Daisy, which was a bellow system where, if you kind of imagine one person churning butter with a stick okay and then another person actually doing the hoovering so for a long time hoovering was a two-man it's job it was a two-man was it I, I don't know if you know if or you, two-person job what i was gonna ask was this was this like a because it was back in a day mm. and it was like women do this or was it more like this is machinery clearly women can't do this so the men will do it that is a really, really okay, good question. Okay, okay. We'll, 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 add that to the, we'll add that to the question. And, and I am gutted I didn't further explore that. I am actually gutted I didn't further explore that. But however, I did see like old videos and adverts of, you know, people sharing their, their, their this new technology they've invented. Mm-hmm. And like one of them was like a little mini surfboard. Do you remember that when we were kids, there was like a bouncy, plasticky latex ball, which then had like a, plastic platform on top and you kind of had to balance on it yeah. like half a medicine ball and then like a flat thing on top yeah so it's kind of like a um what are they called not a surfboard snowboard <laughs> are you with me <laughs> no because i i know what you're talking about so it's like a surfboard of a medicine ball that old like, yeah i just don't understand why you were like why it's like clearly not a surfboard it couldn't be that <laughs> it's obviously a snowboard it's a snowboard <laughs> okay right anyway that thing okay. um <laughs> So there was there was a design that which looked like that. So it was a man in this advert I saw. There's a man on a surfboard, which was the bellows, going back and forth, up and down on his oh. legs. And then like, his wife started hoovering the curtains. Oh, what? So he's like manually pumping yeah. the, 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 the suction or whatever. As I said, man, it was always a two-man job. <sighs> Two-team job, person job. What, what kind of uh, year or period are we talking here? We're going to get there. Okay, we're going to get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. You're getting ahead of yourself. Before we get started, I think we should acknowledge our sources for my research this episode, which Mm -hmm. was the Smithsonian and Science Museum websites. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wikipedia has helped a lot. And uh, 
On YouTube, there was a great video by the Garden State Inventor. So if there were some very interesting things in this story, I would go check them out um, because I learned a lot from there as well. And at the start of this story, we have to give a quick shout out to the kind of, I wouldn't say underdog, but like the early father, maybe the twinkle in the eye of the vacuum cleaner. And that was John S. Thurman of St. Louis, Missouri. So Missouri accent. That was my Missouri accent. I apologise a lot. So Thurman invented the pneumatic carpet renovator in 1898. And the PCR came on a huge horse-drawn carriage to your house. But it was cool and people liked it because it had a receptacle to catch the dust, which was something people hadn't thought of before. <laughs> so before hoovers were invented, the, the idea was leaf blowers. Right. So, so they were just sucking dust out of the house no they're just blowing dust around oh genius leaf blowing but like dust blowing indoors but this guy Thurman he had like a receptacle like a huge I don't know dish to try and to like catch the dust as it fell as he went so just a big basket so it's a bit it was was like it was good at the time but obviously there's room (laughs) for improvement as there was always because I mean it isn't a true vacuum cleaner because it's not sucking the dirt it's blowing the dirt yeah rather than sucking it in so then Along came the spider mm-hmm. into the tale. Mm-hmm. Who is Hubert Cecil Booth? Okay. And we're back in England. Back in- Very exciting. So Hubert Cecil Booth... Hu- oh, I said his name really badly there. Hubert Cecil Booth was born in Gloucester, England. In it's, 18- it's a very British name to be it fair. Is. It's, it's so a very British. British name. In 1871. And he attended a demonstration of Thurman's work in 1901. And this is where we get our first white man heckle. This is like this is the heckle I was talking about earlier. It was great. What's the boo? So reportedly, Booth said, "I asked the inventor why he did not suck out the dust." Oh, I'm gonna try 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 and do a voice for Booth, like an old man voice. However confident you are okay. in an old man. I'm gonna voice. give a go. I didn't wax. <laughs> I was gonna go for that. Um, <laughs> I asked the inventor why he did not suck out the dust, for he seemed to be going round three sides of a house to get across the front. Did that sound like old timey English man? It was a bit too cockney. I was trying going for posh. I, I don't know. I picture he almost sounds like he he could own a railroad. <laughs> he could own a railroad. That's good. It's good to have land. Um, and apparently uh, Thurman didn't react very well to the heckle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the guy's showing off like it's a really hard time. Like it's like the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Poverty is like really bad, and yeah, you've, life is you've, just you've, difficult. Your life is really difficult, and you've made an invention which is really good for the time. And <laughs> someone just comes along, being like, points out your <laughs> a real mistake or like yeah. something really obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd be missed. I'd be pissed too. I'd be fuming. Apparently, according to Booth, Thurman reacted and remarked that sucking out dust was impossible, and that it had been tried over and over again without success. Then he walked away, <laughs> and Thurman walks out of his tail. <laughs> never no, seen again. Never seen again. <laughs> So, inspired by his by this demonstration by Thurman and his own heckle and like his own idea, which he came up with on the spot. By the way, like Booth was a prodigy in terms of inventing. He okay. like, he designed bridges. He was a bit of an architect, and only later in life he turned his hand mm-hmm. to inventions. Not just and a good heckler. Not just a good heckler. Okay. And so, his experiment to work out if his plan for vacuums would work. Okay, so picture this. He laid his cloth, like his handkerchief, over a chair. Now, remember, like, old school discos in, like, church halls and stuff? Do you remember, like, the plush chairs that would always be pulled out? Yeah. They were a bit, like, felty. Yeah, gross. Do you know exactly what I mean? Yeah. And so he laid a cloth... Imagine doing this, right? He laid a cloth over that chair. So many people have sat on that (laughs) chair. Bearing in mind, at the time, we had vacuum cleaners Mm -hmm. and he didn't. He laid the cloth over the chair, put his mouth on it, and breathed in <laughs> to suck up the dust through the cloth, choked, nearly dying from <laughs> how much dust there was, bearing in mind he's an old man. And then he's like, <clears throat> and he like takes out the cloth out of his mouth. And lo and behold, look what I've got, everybody. I caught the dust. I nearly died. Um, so there that's how. Have, he, there must have been a better way. There must have been. <laughs> I mean, the greatest inventions start from the simplest experiments, aren't they? You couldn't just call a guy in from the street and be like, hey, I'll pay you two farthings. Just suck on this. <laughs> what, suck on this chair? <laughs> just, well, yeah, the chair, I mean. 
Well, <laughs> I've laid a cloth down for you. It's late. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's just it's too far. Like, come on, that, that lasts like six months in old timey England. Whether or not that story is entirely true, I think is up to some debate. But I quite like that story. I think that's I, a good I don't see bit. I don't see him having a motive to be like you know what I'm going to make up a story of me sucking on a chair and choking to death. And I mean, and that's it. And that's how vacuums are invented. <laughs> okay. And that's it. So wow. Yeah. Bit of an okay. Bit of an abrupt end to to, to the invention. Of it, so he just got so he sucked on a chair, yeah, almost died, and then was like, "Aha, the vacuum cleaner, Eureka, Eureka!" Now I just need a thing that isn't my mouth. I'm totally kidding. Right. Okay, right. this is just the beginning. Oh, Danny. just the beginning. Okay, this is just, you don't know what kind of bloodshed is in store oh, after this. Okay, it all all bings up now. Okay, it all goes crazy. Oh, I'm, I'm it's kind of like an arms race at this point. Okay. This is the start of the arms a race. A suck race. This is the secret Cold War vacuum arms race. Okay. All right, I'm, I'm, ready, to ready? Ju- I'm, ready, ready? I'm ready to jump into Act 2. Because meanwhile, across the meanwhile. pond, Danny, at the same time, <laughs> so independently of each other, so they had no interaction with each other, so Herbert Cecil Booth sucked a chair and he was like, Eureka, I've got it. Meanwhile, across the pond, USA, USA, we've got <laughs> My big man, my favourite man in the story, David T. Kenny. So David T. Kenny was known as the storybook inventor, and he was born to Irish immigrants in 1866 in White House, New Jersey. Um, so he started a plumbing company uh, in 1891 at 25, and he was always known as quite a shrewd businessman, worked really hard from very humble origins, mm-hmm. and later on in life he'd be seen as this kind of like great working class hero, like the perfect American who worked from the ground up and created like a huge business for himself. You American know? dream. The, very, the American dream, absolutely. Uh, so his company got really successful making toilets and water closets and he was constantly tinkering and inventing and he had loads of patents in the works of the US government and later on in life he'd be working a lot more with patents than he would be with inventions and patents would become very big in our later on in the story but he was so successful with all of his like plumbing stuff (laughs) that in 1901 he started moving into house cleaning inventions so thinking about uh david kenny he made one invention and this is one i mentioned earlier which weighed four thousand pounds again all of these old vacuums had to be drawn in in like huge horse and carriages because they were so huge. Okay. <laughs> so like Herbert Cecil Booth's one, his one was called Puffing Billy. So British. So British, British, right? So British. And he would like, once he'd got his technique of sucking on the chair and he'd applied it to like his machines. <laughs> once he applied it to something that wasn't his mouth. Was like, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. He made these huge machines which would go out places like, you know, Buckingham Palace and rich people's homes. And he'd essentially, you know, they'd, they'd hire him and it's like, please let me put my pipes through your windows. And these huge pipes would have to like, be carried in through the doors and the windows so they could clean the inside with what? the main vacuum being out on the street. It was so big. Why did you make him sound like Palpatine? <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit creepy, it's like pipes. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me pipes inside your house. <laughs> okay, okay, I can picture it. Um, so it was, a, it was like a big undertaking to clean yeah, your house. Sounds like it. And randomly at the same time, carpets were very popular. I, I guess they were seen as like the luxurious thing at the time, because I imagine before that it was just like planks, just planks. and then it was like, hey, wait, we're not animals. Let's have carpets. Let's have really dirty, dusty carpets that you have to put your mouth on to clean. <laughs> or just move dust around. Or, or just move dust around. <laughs> um, and he invented, but we're going back to Kenny. Kenny invented uh, the central vacuuming operation. So earlier you mentioned about your, how your Dyson plugs into the wall. Mm-hmm. So Kenny invented a huge machine which would essentially live in like the bottom of these huge buildings like the White House was a famous one he had one installed in. And they had little nozzles in like the bottoms of the walls in like each room. And so you could just come along, attach a pipe to the wall, and then you'd start hoovering. And the hoover is actually in the bottom of the building. So you could clean the whole building with one huge hoover and this suction system, which operated on all the different floors. Wait, and, wait, and the dust went, you say, into the basement? Yeah. So there was just a room in the basement that was just dust. So there was a machine in the basement, which was a massive vacuum. So imagine okay. your portable electric vacuum have now. Right. But okay. that was like a huge monster that you had to feed constantly that oh, lived in your basement. 
and you had to use like pipes coming out of the wall. So like, I'm, I'm picturing. Um, remember Home Alone One? Whenever, whenever Kevin went to the basement, now like the grill was going. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's a great image for it. Okay, just but it's just it wants dust and stuff. But like, from pictures yeah. I saw, it looked quite neat. There was like a little, little gold or bronze disc at like the bottom of like the wall, like the awning, and, mm-hmm. and they would just come along when they were ready to hoover the pipe and just like stick it in, and they were good to go. That does sound. There was like a little key that they turned, and the, the, the suction started, and off they went. The user experience sounds pretty, pretty straightforward. Pretty slick. Actually. Yeah. Pretty slick. All things considered. But they didn't really help, and this was always going to be a problem when, like, electricity was in its early days. Mm-hmm. It didn't really help smaller towns and people living in the countryside because they didn't have electricity, they didn't have access to it. And so when we start moving into electric hoovers, the market isn't really there for mm-hmm. them. So this is still, like, quite a city-based thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, where all the wealthy people are. So so, so this is still very much a, um, an upper-class or upper middle class kind of thing to have it wasn't the average job oh absolutely have it. Okay. and we're going to get into how the vacuum industry diversified to kind of include the average joe because okay. that's where the real money is and so after you invented the vacuum operation so we're talking about like early uh, 1900s here about 1901 1902 and around this time kenny was donating portions of his land and his profits to the sisters of mercy uh, which were nuns who were his daughter's teachers and he even helped them move from Bordentown, New Jersey to Watchton, New Jersey, or Watchtown, New Jersey. Um, and he helped them build a school. He opened a school up in 1908. And the church even awarded him a title, which was the Powerpool Chamberlain. Wow. What do you think, as a good former Catholic schoolboy, Danny, what do you <laughs> think is the job of a Powerpool Chamberlain? In the picture, he had like a ruff and he had like a cool hat. Okay. And like a couple of medals. Um, I mean... I genuinely don't know because, yeah, what what would I mean? What, I, I, if, I, if I'm going to give a serious answer, it sounds like a mostly ceremonial title or something where he doesn't actually do anything. But are you about to wow me and say like no? No, I ask because I have no idea. Oh, okay, I, right. I I have a similar thought, but it's probably just like you are the Pope's representative in your town. Yeah, and you don't have to do very much. It's it's like when I don't know you're you're given an OB and you're like an officer of the British Empire or whatever and it's like well you're not actually going to go overseas and start fighting people are you? you're just going to carry on doing whatever you're doing absolutely okay so we're, this, we're making assumptions here but we uh, are but, but, massive assumptions yeah education yeah. but you know my beloved Kenny you know he's an Irish man love him for that um, obviously quite a generous man it seems it sounds like I didn't know that uh, the, the origins of the modern vacuum cleaner were were based in such charity well well this is and this is why I also really like this story is because Kenny, while a very charitable man, supporting the nuns, opening schools, he too went to a demonstration of vacuuming technology. He too went to a demonstration, just like Hubert Cecil Booth did. Wow! And guess who David T. Kennedy saw at this demonstration? Who? Not not Booth. He no. saw. Booth. He saw Booth. Did he, he also saw heckle Booth? Booth? The karma comes back round to the heckler. <laughs> Do you know what Kenny did? He bought one of the puffing billies, which I talked about mm-hmm. earlier, and also talking earlier about patents. Kenny had been waiting with a patent in um, the patent office in the US, yeah. um, with a patent for a vacuum cleaner since 1901. He'd been waiting and waiting and waiting for this patent to come through. Um, it's 1907, I think, at this point. He buys a puffing billy from the show, takes it home because Booth also put a pattern in and still hasn't had that approved, and somehow either bore out Booth's pattern, so basically kicked him out of a job, <laughs> okay. and completely took over the vacuuming like boom at right then and there. Like, so he kicked, he essentially kicked Booth's pan, bought Booth's pan out of the US market and his one got approved in 1907. So essentially, like, what happened here? Did he take the Puffing Billy back to his, like, warehouse, mm-hmm. his office or whatever, and I like, had a little tinkle with it and, and was like, ah, like, I can use this technology to improve yeah. my own? Or is it a case of he's bought it and because no one technically owns it yet because there's no patent in the US, he's just been like, 
there you go, UX, I invented this. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what happened now. I'm not sure the logistics of how patents work in right. that way. But essentially, in terms of uh, the American industry, Kenny just kicked he just, out. So he just swallowed it up. And, he swallowed out. And, and I'm guessing Booth still had ownership in the UK I um, imagine I mean, so of his like huge machines yeah okay yeah. Uh, and like yeah we, we kind of work our laws I, I suppose work differently I, I'd hope so because the pattern sucks, sounds like an absolute nightmare <laughs> um, but around this time so 1907 there's this huge like vacuum cleaning um, invention boom like everyone is looking at the new things coming out and Im- improving on that and improving on that Kenny same thing. There's so many patents going through, not just his, but others as well, going through the US office. But Kenny has got in there first. Yeah. He is like he is like top dog. And then James M. Spangler comes along um, during the, the the height of this vacuum cleaning boom, where you know I was talking earlier about the ones with the pedals and the huge ones and the small ones. James M. Spangler, born in 1848, died in 1915. He came along with a fucking bag, mate. A bag. He came along bag. with a bag. As so, if so, before now, no one had really been using bags. They've been using nope. buckets and baskets and the basement of a hotel. Essentially, basements of hotels, a <laughs> basement of a White House, <laughs> and these huge, like, just essentially like metal boxes. And Spangler comes along with a bag. Of like, what are you guys doing? Finally, have a bag. So he was like sixty years old, and he was so sick of the dust in his <laughs> shop that he just fashioned together a bag on a broom of a little fan. He'd basically done it. Invented, like, the portable electric vacuum. Um, so Spangler's c- kind of created the vacuum as we know it from, like, the early stage. So, absolutely. So, so so it was... So this was, like, a gen- relatively small machine. Like, like, like it was a one-person thing at this point. It was a one-person thing with a bag that I, that I imagine had Spangler in massive letters on it. Wow. Um, he wish it had. Because oh. he invented the first successful portable electric vacuum cleaner however he didn't have the funds to mass produce it so for him it went nowhere oh that's the end of spangler's story unfortunately spangler and not spangler (laughs) spangler it's the poor spangler he's gone but he did he did show it to his cousin (laughs) and his cousin happened to be suzanne hoover oh no suzanne hoover who was married to william hoover and she extolled the brilliance of this new uh, vacuuming system to her husband, William Hoover, who bought the patent for it from Spangler in 1908 and started his own vacuum cleaning company. Wait, do, do you have any information on William Hoover? Like if he, if he had been like an inventor or manufacturer before So William this? Hoover from, um, I didn't dive into Hoover too much. Because I think that's going into a kind of modern day vacuum. Right, okay. Um, but Hoover, I know that he was in like an industry for um, horse bits, like bridles and saddles and stuff like that. Right. And that was an industry that was getting more expensive. And so he needed to, he was a shrewd, like really good businessman anyway, but um, he needed to put money into other things Mm -hmm. and make other investments to make sure like his company didn't, he wasn't too many eggs in one basket. It's good to diversify a portfolio. Essentially, that's what he did. But like while all this was happening, this, this massive technology and boom, you know, David T. Kenny is still inventing things constantly to improve all of his products and like make new things. Um, and because of all the things he's got going through through the US, the US government with the patents, he has to get himself a patent lawyer mm-hmm. to, to, to like make sure he's completely covered because he's got people attacking him in court, attacking his patents, being saying, we don't want to pay you a license for this like little invention you've made. Yeah. Because we've, you know, we've made the rest of the product our own way, but we just like borrowed this one idea. But Kenny owns the idea. And so there's so many legal and court battles that Kenny's going through. And so it's like a really weird dichotomy almost where he's just like this quite almost, I don't even think aggressive because people are coming at him, but he knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. He was really shrewd. Again, I wouldn't say cutthroat, but I think he was just quite, he was just straight business. He, he he did it with intent. Yeah, and then on the other side of him, you know, you've got this, like, church-based family life, his wife Catherine, who he loved very much, and his daughters, and, and you know, giving nice charity. Yeah. So quite bad at the same time, I'll see you in court. So he had loads of buildings and companies, like, cropping up all over New Jersey and in, like, different states and all over America. 
and uh, his like company was producing adverts, and one of the taglines was, "Do not allow the use of the dangerous broom." Do you think? Do you think how, how dangerous were brooms? I mean, I think brooms can be dangerous, <laughs> can't they? I wouldn't want to fall and slip on a broom. I wouldn't want to fall and slip on a metallic hoover with a bag. What about uh there's like a horrible TV program where that Thirty Reasons Why involving a broom. Oh really? Yeah, we don't want to talk about that. No, okay. Um, <laughs> we'll keep it upbeat. Or like in cartoons when they step on a broom, where's that more of a rake? That's more uh, of a rake. That's more of a rake. I, oh, okay. I, so so his whole advertisement was don't use a broom. They're dangerous. Do not allow the use of the dangerous broom. The There's literally a clip that I saw of that, that voice in the background. And then uh, this like man in a suit. It's all black and white. It's going up to this lady who's sweeping a carpet with a broom. And it's like obviously like just loads of talcum powder. It's like clouds yeah. of dust. He just like walks up to her and just like snatches the broom out of her hand. Right. All the while having that horrible like, you know, sexist <laughs> man smile on. Being like, silly woman. Silly woman with your broom. Wow, and, uh, yeah. And this was all... What, what time period? Was we're, this, we're, we're talking like 1908 at this point. 1908. So is this kind of like the uh, the time of, uh, I think what they called uh, the mid-American uh, or the mid-Atlantic accent where, you know, where every radio announcer in, in the US had that weird, like, and now we talk about the weird room. And, <laughs> yes. And like, we talk about how dangerous these rooms are to our maids. <laughs> Don't let your woman use a broom. Can you just read the rest of my outline in the voice? <laughs> No, because one, it hurts to, to talk like that. But the, How did they do it? I, I don't know. It was somewhere. I mean, it's a topic for another time. But that's David it. G. Kelly has so many plans. He <laughs> don't know what to do with them. It's, it all sounds like like a pulp criminal case. Yeah, it's Chicago. David T. Kenny and a case on the missing broom. <laughs> the broom is dangerous. <laughs> Kenny versus the broom. And um, so. As I said earlier, the patents were going through the US office, people were taking him to court. But, you know, DTK, he won tons of cases, like, defending his right to his, like, intellectual property. And so all of these vacuum companies all, like, banded together to, like, form associations to, to like, be like, we don't want to pay you a licence fee for using this one idea. They banded had. together against... They banded together about against him. Wow. But he's just, like, the kingpin of, like, vacuum cleaners, mate. So... <laughs> And like all the court sided with him, and so he just kept he kept winning these cases, and all these companies just had to pay him a license of like two percent every time they sold something. I, th- I think it's uh, a mix of the story and the thought of the the stupid voice announcer thing. It's making me think that this and you calling him a kingpin. I'm like, this sounds like the origin story for a villain, yeah, like, like a proper mafia boss, like. He got his start in vacuums and <laughs> soon took over the city. I mean, I said earlier that this is a story of death as well. I, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Foreshadowing. So, foreshadowing. So, yeah, I mean, like, he won so many cases and he was all while still giving money to the charity. So one judge said that Kenny was founded the modern art of vacuum cleaning and another <laughs> described him as storybook inventor. Yeah. These are very poetic, romantic names for, for the guy. And, and people saw him as like the that, that made self-made American man yeah. who you know started from nothing and has built this all on his own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I see it. And I, I, I he's mean, Irish too, which is great. Oh, that always helps. I mean, I guess all the charity work helped in this image as well. It's like, I mean, if he'd been stealing from nuns instead of giving to nuns, I imagine people would feel very differently about him. Well, yeah, I presume everyone's fairly more was way more religion back in like the early oh, 1900s yeah, yeah. as well yeah. um so skipping forward ahead a little bit so the like the, the patents you know they were all going and like you know kenny is just building building his fortune at this point uh so in the year 1921 this is like the the, the boom has been going on for years now in 1921, 1,024,167 units of vacuums were sold in the u.s making the industry 35 million dollars in that year alone that's a lot of money. And all of those, pretty much all of those companies were paying Kenny a license for using like his ideas. That, that must have stung. Yeah. Every time they sold something, they're like, damn it, Kenny. I mean, the good times didn't last, though. No, no. All right. All right. They never do, Danny. Foreshadowing. They never do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, much like this podcast, they don't last. <laughs> but in early 1922, sadly, Catherine Kelly, David's wife of 35 years, passed away. Sad. Very sad. And his sister did too, which very shortly afterwards. Very sad. Very sad. Unfortunately, David T. Kenny, he committed suicide on May 4th, 1922. 
What? What is it? He was so struck by grief. For... So hell? yeah, after his wife uh, Catherine, they were together for thirty-five years. How um, old was he when? Uh... Um, nineteen twenty-two. I don't know right now. <laughs> <laughs> I could. It with, I could time, time, with, death, time yeah. with less pressure. I could probably work it out. Um, <laughs> I, I. I mean, not crazy old. So wait. So he committed suicide on nineteen twenty-two. <sighs> See, I, I'm. I'm curious now because. Um... We can work this out. So. No, 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 wait, wait. I mean, it's cool. So, so, so she was his wife for 35 years. Let's say they got married, I don't know. In he was born in 1866. 1866, 1922. So about 60-something. That's just... No. Late 50s. Late 50s. Let's go with late 50s. Okay, well... <laughs> quick maths. <laughs> so quick. Um... I find it fascinating that he unfortunately died uh, in 1922. On my birthday, actually. Oh, check wow. That out. Wow. 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 Star Wars Day. So that's weird because like, the synchronicities <laughs> are weird. Because like, even with this, this conversation that we're having right now, I had an idea for a show. I was thinking about it. And it was only a few days later you were like, mate, I'm going to do, do yeah. this. And now your birthday has now cropped up Just as well everything. in the first episode. T- time is a flat circle. That is weird. But but actually, that wasn't actually the thing I was going to talk about. I just saw it in your notes. And I was like, oh, cool. Uh, but nice Don't read my notes. I'm sorry. They're not for you. Too late. Uh, I'm just going to read that one date. But the thing that I find interesting is 1922, because that's right before uh, the the next kind of economic crisis, wasn't it? What, the Great Depression? Yeah. After World because War. I was after the Roaring Twenties and going into mm. the Thirties was, was yeah. around the time. So so when you've said commit suicide, and I didn't, hadn't quite heard all the dates, I was like, oh, was he just one of the many victims of like economic downturn and everything going to pot? I mean, I, mean, I, 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 I was going to say, I mean, you know, Either way, suicide is an awful no. thing. Um, but yeah, it was just mainly out of grief. Just, wow, that's yeah, so his, his companion, Catherine, died um, after man, 35 had... years of marriage. And his sister then, like, within the same year or shortly afterwards, died as well. I mean, the guy had everything. He was an absolute kingpin. And he had, he had America's vacuums in the palms of his hands. And he liked to go on holidays to, I think it was called maybe Whitehorn or something with W. And that he would just go for long walks in the forest on his own. He'd love to get away from like, the hustle and buzz- bustle of the business and stuff like that. Poor guy. So, yeah, he was he was found hanging from a tree 10 days after his suicide. Ooh. Yeah, so he was Ooh. hanging there for a while. Um, and, you know, as a Christian, he knew suicide is wrong, as you yeah. too will know and I know from being lapsed Catholic schoolboys. Uh-huh. Um, so but, you know, the coroner who found him deemed it an accidental death so that he'd be allowed to be buried in a Christian graveyard. Oh, so they were like, this is obviously suicide, but we're on the, on the certificate, we're, we're going to say he accidentally tied a rope around his neck and accidentally... He tripped and fell into a noose off a tree. He, he just, <laughs> whoops! Whoopsie! <Yeah. laughs> well, it was That's just so like, someone, so someone left it hanging and he just like walked into it. It's a drop! <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> what, on one of his many long walks? Oh, he's on looks! <laughs> You know, I mean, like, you go on enough walks, the, the, the ratio and chances uh, yeah. of death increase. That's true. That's very true. Is that true? <laughs> I mean, any time... It sounds true. Just so we can get off this That's horrible... That's how works. Just so we can get off this horrible topic, let's say it's true, and we'll carry on. I'll carry on. Well, like, I mean, that, that's the end of my story on, on where the vacuum cleaner has come from. Mm-hmm. That's the, the journey, you know, pioneered by people on both sides of the pond, and, and this, like, incredible man, Kenny, who was... He was the early, like, leader. And then, you know, we've left it open there with Hoover, you know, starting his vacuum cleaner company. Ask, and that's yeah. and that's good. That was the way forward then, wasn't it? Like, but I find it interesting that, uh, because as we hinted at at the start of this, because mm. you said, I'm going to call it vacuuming, I'm not going to call it hoovering. Yes. Because, as you know, I know, and as everyone listening to this knows, they're very interchangeable. Absolutely. Where's the Hoover? And it's also quite funny that, we as English people, bearing in mind Hoover is an American thing, so he was we American. use the verb Hoover. Yeah. So yeah. So so very rare. I mean, yeah. Everyone just says Hoover, but I guess everyone. So it's has gone from being a noun to becoming like in our language the verb for actually vacuuming. Yeah. And yeah. Well, that's I mean, that's what brands aim to do, isn't it? Like that's that's like the brand's wet dream. Yeah. Well, the coming, I mean, becoming a verb rather than a noun. That's the thing. It's like when back in Nike. It. <laughs> That one works. No, it doesn't work. But it's it's kind of like how parents back in the day would say like, "Oh, where's a Nintendo?" When they're talking about like your Sega Saturn yeah. or whatever. Just because, just because, but it's that kind of one thing person. Where... Nintendo is just like 
Yes. Or, or, or even now, like people say, like you know, if they say like an iPad, mm-hmm. just to refer to a tablet, any yeah, kind of tablet, kind of thing. But what I find interesting is that it's because of a guy called Hoover, or his missus, who was called Hoover, when they stole it from Spangler. Yeah. Does that mean in a parallel universe, if Spangler had the money to patent <laughs> it, we would say you're Spangling? <laughs> I'm, gonna spangle, I'm really spangled today. I'm, I'm, I'm going to spangle the living room. Where's a spangler? Pass me the spangle. <laughs> what kind of spangler is that? Oh. Oh. I just, I just, so many things you could do with that verb. So spangler. many things you could do. Spangler. Um, I mean, like, that was a, that was a, an amicable thing. I think Spangler wasn't, didn't have enough money. And actually, oh, Spangler okay. went to work with Hoover. He was like a superintendent of um, one of like Hoover's offices not like a cleaner or super cleaner <laughs> he was like he, just, just to really rub it <laughs> in really rub it in no he like oversaw like some of like the operations and stuff you think like like William Hoover looks at me and he looks at Spangler and he was like get the Hoover I was like oh my god <laughs> so awful <laughs> bring it bring it over here bring the Hoover over here you talking about a vacuum no no the Hoover and it's like every time Spangler said vacuum, he just like beat him. <laughs> just, just smacks him on the back of the. What did you call it? What did you? <laughs> and then Spangler in some in, in, in a quiet part of the factory in his own little dinky office. He's got one, but it says Spangler. His it. desk is a Hoover yes. on its side. <laughs> his room is decorated just, with the different versions of the Hoover. He just has flashbacks to. to oh the, yeah, to but Hoover this. could have given him the money. Hoover well, was like well off. Is, he could have invested. This is what I'm saying. Because rather just, than buying the patent off him, I'm shocked you say it was. Uh, and then Spangler was 60. Sorry to interrupt you, but I thought Spangler was 60. So he was just like, I'm an old man made by CBA. Fair enough, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it still strikes me as a bit of a dick move on Hoover's parts to be like, it's like, oh, that thing you invented, that this thing that uh, this old man has invented. Yeah. Fuck him. I'm going to take it. <laughs> I'm going to take it. I'm going to put my name all over it. I'm going to hire his family to hold yeah. salt in the room. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to make him work for me. I think his wife worked for him as well. I'm going to have the whole family. And the kids. I want his whole family under my thumb. <laughs> no, I don't think that's true. Don't on that. So I thought to break up the, the sad story of uh, David T. Kenny's suicide that I'd now go into what we've all been waiting for, which is the penis Hoover-related injuries. I, lo- I love the pause before yeah. you decided if you are going to call it the penis-related injuries. <laughs> so I've got four cases that oh, I wanted to talk about um, when using a vacuum cleaner. Um, so Ma- once... Male listeners, just, just be warned. <laughs> and I, and I, should, I should say that this is from... Uh, so uh, a doctor, a group of doctors, a medical writer, this is from a medical journal. Okay. Uh, talking about different cases of penises coming in contact with vacuum cleaners. Just so I'm clear. Yes. This is specifically a journal. This was an article. An article yes. written by professional doctors. Yes. As a group. As, as, uh, as, as at least three doctors. At least three doctors. Specifically looking at penis injuries. Oh, yeah. And how they fix them. Uh, uh, I mean, there's lots of like, it goes into lots of medical jar- jar- jargon about how they fixed it and like stitched them up, stitched up the lacerations. I don't, I don't know like why. I don't know why, but something about the idea of them being fixed seems to hurt more. It makes me wince more. It's like they fixed <sighs> them. Like, I, th- I think you're going to wince. I think you're going to wince. Right, so, so one, re- <laughs> one case reported a six-year-old man said that he was changing the plug of his Hoover Dustette. There he is, Hoover. Hoover Dustette vacuum cleaner in the nude while his wife was out shopping. Of course she was. What a load of nonsense. <laughs> it turned itself on and caught his penis, <laughs> causing tears around the external metus and deeply lacerating the side of the glands. Oh, I'm glands. So, I'm so glad I'm not glands. educated enough <laughs> to know the, the exact location of each of these things. Have you ever read um, Lolita? No. Great I've, watched, I've watched a version of Lolita, but yeah. Oh, the uh, Ray Fiennes one? No, the uh, Jeremy Irons one. The really messed up one. Oh. Um, I, uh, whoever I can't remember Herman Melville no whoever wrote Lolita I think I remember you telling me about it it's a very specific colour glands like, mauve oh god that's, that's it, so mauve. horrible isn't it the horrible colour mauve what a way to describe like pink like her skin was glands mauve that's so grim such colour writing though anyway so gross speaking of glands so the, the external metus of this six year old man was reconstructed um, using <laughs> repaired with cat gut Oh, okay. I thought it was terrible already. Yeah. This just makes it worse. So it's um, been uh, put together and like, what's the word when 
you've got a burn and then they use a piece of skin to put over it. Skin grafting. Yeah. So essentially grafting with cat gut. On the penis. On the penis. Case number two. A 65-year-old railway signalman was in his signal box when he bent down to pick up his tools. <laughs> oh, how unfortunate. <laughs> and caught his penis in a Hoover dustette, which happened to be switched on. I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, this story, the previous story, and the next two stories, every time the thing happens, all I'm picturing in my head is the person being like, Oh, no. <laughs> How did this oh, happen? Oh, no. Who would have guessed? <laughs> I was nude in my signal box. Um, at the start of this uh, case file, I've got to say, the, the reporter, the writer says, we report four cases of penile injury sustained <laughs> when using a vacuum cleaner, probably in search of sexual excitement. Oh, OK. Case number three. A 49-year-old man was vacuuming his friend's staircase. His friend's staircase, bear in mind. <laughs> So he's at his mate's house in a, in a loose in a loose fitting dressing gown. Oh no! This sounds like either like this is like the script. I almost bit my tongue there. The script of like a porno script. Yeah, the start of a porno script, or like a really bad erotica. I mean, it's like the loose fitting dressing gown. All of these. If all of these guys were like nineteen years old instead of like sixty five or whatever. This could read as scenes from a fucking American Pie knockoff. Like, like, yeah, dude, I'm just gonna like vacuum your st- Hoover your stairs. Oh no, <laughs> my pants! Like, they're cut. Oh god. Um, yeah. yeah so yeah, this is his friend's house. I can't go for a little bit. It's like, why are you in a dressing gown in your friend's house? I. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack. I mean, we don't know any more about this 49 year old man anyway. So he was he was vacuuming his friend's staircase. Let's say suitcase. Um, in, and when intending to switch the machine off, he leant over, leaning across to reach the plug. And at that moment, his dressing gown became undone, and his penis was sucked into the vacuum cleaner. And guess how they fixed this one? Oh God! Cat cut. Everyone gets fixed. Cat guy. Everyone fixed. All penis injuries. Uh, At the end of the report, the writer says the present patients may well have thought the penis would be clear of the fan. That's inside the Hoover. No, I think people realise that when you put your dick into a Hoover, there's a fan spinning very close to you. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's so bad. I mean, I haven't ever (sighs) done this, and it's not something I've ever had to worry about or will worry about. But oh, the present patients may well have thought that the penis would be clear of the fan but were driven to new lengths by the novelty of the experience and came to grief. <laughs> they wrote that on purpose. That's so brilliant, <laughs> isn't it? And came to grief. I mean, like, if that's going to happen... Oh, I don't know. No, let's say we go there. Um, so, so in researching penile injuries, I thought there would be, like... I thought there'd be tons of funny ones. I thought it'd be, like, everywhere. I thought it'd be, like... BuzzFeed articles being like lols for injuries. You'll never guess these top five dick vacuum injuries, cleaner yeah. injuries. But there are actually so many medical journals written about the common urological problem, which is vacuum fucking. <sighs> there were several articles <laughs> calling it the common urological problem. <laughs> I just, it's just like it can't. It shouldn't have a name. It shouldn't, it shouldn't have several articles. It shouldn't it. be common. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, like, today's society, because I don't know when these accidents happened, coming that long ago, but, like... I bet it's We've got flashlights now. So I hear. I've, I've heard we do have flashlights. I mean, now. I personally don't have one, but, like, they are there, available. I mean, here's the thing. Hypothetically. 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 I would be completely unashamed of owning a hypothetical flashlight. Absolutely. Rather, unashamed. rather than... Being exposed as a vacuum fucker. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wait, so no, wait. So you'd rather, so you'd be ashamed of the revealing, being known as one. Yeah. But you wouldn't be ashamed of the well, act if people didn't find out. I'm just. <laughs> if you could get away with it. Hypothetical. 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 Oh, and another man said he had been stabbed during the night. He wasn't stabbed. He got drunk. <laughs> and he got part of his penis cut off by a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> but he told police when they found him. <laughs> Bloody in his bed, like that he got stabbed during the, the night. Vacuum did it. The vacuum, like, no, it was like yeah. I was like, I was attacked during the night. I was stabbed in the dick. <laughs> they went for my dick. It must. Have... <laughs> my, 
my enemies found me and stabbed me in the dick. And yeah, he was like missing a chunk. Oh, dude, how, how aggressive must he have been going at the vacuum? I mean, he was drunk though. I mean, that's, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, le- the, le- the less said about that, the better. Mm-hmm. I, I think we've done this section for like a solid 10 minutes, but yeah, the less said about vacuum fucking the better. <laughs> a whole quarter of this episode has been devoted to this, and I'd be the less said about it, the better. Yeah, okay. um, and that is that was the early history of the vacuum cleaner and where it came from. So I was at, we had a, we had a small break, and I was trying to, I was trying to, I had to stop myself talking to Danny about about what we've just been talking about. So mm-hmm. I mean, were not knowing anything going in, Danny, were you like shocked by what you've heard? Are you surprised? How do you feel after all of that knowledge you've just gained? I have many feelings. Um, I, I, have many feelings. I, I have many thoughts and feelings and I'm, a weird part of me never wants to touch a vacuum ever again. Um, it hasn't ruined the Dyson dream for me. No, you still want a Dyson. No, I still want it. I think... Uh, so, Maybe so, even more now. So one... I did know about like the Hoover. I I, I hadn't. I knew there was something to do with Hoover in there because of the whole uh, fact that we, you know, we William Hoover. I didn't know he was called William. I didn't know he he ripped off poor old man Spangler. Um, I'm gutted that Spangler didn't get his time in the sun. No. And I'm gutted that we never had like the argument over whether, uh, you know, the the historical argument of where they could have been called Spangler. Whether whether British people would adopt the verb. Spangle, yeah. Instead of Hoover, instead of, instead uh, of Hoover, Hoover, Spangler, Hoover or Spangling. Uh, that was all very fascinating. I, I didn't know that there was a, a vacuum kingpin in early twentieth century America, and it was like legal kingpin too. Legal kingpin, uh, like court backed kingpin. You know, yeah, court backed, and, that, and that's and that's how you know the way the world works. It's just just how it is, and uh, you know, give to the poor on one hand, take from the rich on the other. He, he, yeah, he was, he was a real Robin Hood. This guy. Of the vacuum. Of, yeah. Except for other vacuum companies. Except he for do, other vacuum companies. Apart from other... He didn't give a proverbial <laughs> fudge about the rest of the vacuum companies. He was just like, screw you guys, you all have to pay oh, me. Look at this little, uh, cute little startup vacuum company. It'd be a shame if uh, someone sued you and took all your money. As I said earlier, I didn't And give it to the nuns. Yes, not the nuns again. Um... <laughs> I didn't. I didn't fully understand the the kind of like detail of the patent, but it sounds like there was literally like one connection inside the device which everybody used, which was Kenny's idea, mm-hmm. and so it was this one pedantic tiny connection within the machine that Kenny owned the rights of. So if you use that connection, you had to pay him. I wonder license. if that's still in action. If that's still in effect, because. No, patents give up after after you like die in a hundred years or something. Do they? They that's again. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> don't, quote you. don't quote me on that. On this educational point. But there, there is a point where patents do run out. Uh-huh. Are you sure you're not thinking about like IP, like um, like media ownership, like, like same well, thing? I don't know, maybe I don't know. We're, we're both very uninformed. In the I mean, mate, I research shooters or patents. Okay, that's fair. But I do wonder because if the UK wasn't bound by this. The only thing, just to bring it back to the start, yes. The only vacuum uh, brand I really know about is Dyson. Yeah, it's true. And like, I know like the joke, like uh, like Henry Hoover's or whatever, all that stuff. I don't know of any big American brands of vacuum cleaners. Well, I know Hoover is still around, but I still, even as a child, and like now. I don't think of them as a company so much. No, it's just, now. it's just a even, thing. It's just a, 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 it's, 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 an action. Yeah, it's the... Um, it's Henry, a, it's is, is, is Henry a Hoover? I don't know. I know he's a vacuum cleaner. We're getting very philosophical. But is he... Who owns is Henry? It, is he under... Is or he, do we all own Henry now? He, who has a Henry? I, I remember when I first saw how expensive a Henry was. I was like, are you taking the piss? My mum had Henry. No, my mum had the girl version. Oh, Henry had... I, I wanted to say Henrietta, but I don't think it is Henrietta. No, that would be too long to write on I think box. it is too long to write on the box. But it's, yeah, Hattie. Hattie. The, I think it might be Hattie. There's no way that, that stuck around. It was a pink one. It didn't stick around. had eyelashes. Okay. That's a whole other bag. That's a whole other thing to talk about. Yeah, because you put them next to each other, they start to do like a weird, like, Jupo blocks. <laughs> but with actual, like, decent function. I'm going to get off this topic now. And... So... I mean, Danny, you, you, you know, are you still 30 for knowledge or is that um, something we're not going to say? Oh, I'm so, so, my, my, 
my thirst for knowledge has been <laughs> successfully quenched. I, I mean, you should have said no. I so you could do more episodes. Yes. No, so... you're right. You're right. You're, you're right. I'm still thirsty. It's never enough. It's never enough. There's never, there's never enough. I do have one final question. Okay. Now that uh, we've got the onset of uh, robot vacuum cleaners with Roombas and stuff like that. Oh, the future. The future. Do you think that we've that we have yet to have it, or do you think it has already happened, where someone has tried to fuck a Roomba? It's definitely happened. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely happened. I can fully see. I can fully see. Humans are depraved and insane, and they will do anything to get their rocks off. Anything. And do you know the old stories, horror stories of people putting peanut butter in places mm-hmm. and certain animals coming along Oof. and, you know, sexual gratification follows. Um, definitely someone's, like, scattered, <laughs> scattered themselves with, like, crumbs and, like, bits of dust and, like, crisp... Like, yeah, just crisp crumbs. Me, That's crumbs. <laughs> and, like, the Roomba comes along here. Yeah, the Roomba doesn't know any better. It's like the Roomba just, like, well... Because Roomba has to stay quite low to the floor, yeah. getting it on you'd be quite difficult. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. The image I just pictured is someone cutting out a hole in their floor, oh, lying, no, lying down, yeah. and then just sticking something yeah. through it, and then the Roomba has to come along and... Oh, no! Oh, that would hurt so much. And then, and then, the, and then, the, and then the person who's, who's perpetrating this <laughs> doesn't realise that there's a little blade like a little fan right there oh could you imagine like they put it on their like chest or something to like glide over them it's just, like slicing through their skin as it goes like a tiny little like a lawnmower ripping up your like chest hair I bet you there's a person who someone's tried it someone's gone someone's into hospital someone's gone into A&E and been like the I, smallest lawnmower in the world yeah like I, I accidentally fell over and my little lawnmower ran over my penis see I was fully picturing you know Sex in the City, Samantha lying down with, like, sushi on her, waiting for, like, her... Was that a thing? The f- first film? Wait for, like, her boyfriend to come home and, like, find her, like, covered in food. And I'm just, like, picturing this, like, very sad person covered in, like, crisps. <laughs> as, like, the alternative, but they're all going terribly, terribly wrong. I shouldn't have asked a question. Um, but I'm glad you asked because that's a great place to leave it. I'm not. Um, this has been 30 something and I hope that you've uh, learned something. <laughs> no, I'm 30 something. This yes. has been 30 for knowledge. We, we have been 30 for knowledge. And Sorry, I'm so, full of, I'm so full of vacuum. <laughs> I'm full of the vacuum. Well, that's been 30 for knowledge. George, thank you for bringing up. Thank you for all of that knowledge. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Uh, I've been Danny. I've been George. Thank and, you for listening. Uh, thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you next episode.